G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Stan is a long-time advocate for Israel. Uh, He has a website called JerusalemWatchman.org and Stan is joining us from Israel to talk about some of these events next year. Hello, Stan. Good enough. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, Neil. Hello, everybody. Good to be with you. Stan, I must say, uh, thank you so much for staying up late, because as I understand it, it's the middle of the night where you are right now in Israel. That's the case? (laughs) Yes, I think it's something like that, two o'clock in the morning or something. Okay. Well, I've uh, mentioned in our short introduction that next year is a significant year, the year 2017, an interesting one for the relationship between Australia and Israel. Uh, Set us in the context, put us in the picture. What is so big about 2017 for the relationship between these two nations? Neil, you know, I've written reams on this just because there's, in, in fact, so much to write. But focusing in on what's really happening, first of all, taking the biblical perspective on uh, on the purposes of God for Israel at the end of days, the the promises that are laid out in the Bible that before the Messiah comes to rule and reign on this earth, that the Jewish people will be back in the land from which they were driven so long ago, and uh, that they will be restored uh, in um, sovereignty over the city of Jerusalem, and they will be ready to welcome the Messiah when he comes. That's the plan laid out very clearly in the Bible from Moses through all the prophets and referred to by Jesus as well. And with that understanding, with that, with that biblical view, if we look at the history of Israel, the Jewish people out of their land for 2,000 years, um, hated and persecuted wherever they went, numerous efforts made to annihilate them, uh, but they, they were destined to return. And uh, in fact, after so many centuries of wandering and of exile, uh, they began to return. But they were coming back to a land that was not free, a land that was, in fact, a part of the Islamic world, had been for over 600 years altogether. At that time, it was the Ottoman Empire, uh, the Ottoman Turkish Empire, included the area known as Palestine then, which is part where Israel is today. And, uh, and the Jews were beginning to come back in 1882, um, fleeing persecution from elsewhere primarily. And they come back to this land, but they're not coming to a free land where they can reestablish themselves. Uh, in fact, what, as God moves with nations and, and, and works through all things and the political realm as well to bring about his purposes, um, World War I breaks out, and the ultimate outcome of World War I will be the liberation of the land of Israel for the Jewish people. That's kind of the backdrop. Um, now, of course, World War I is big, uh, the, the Great War, and, and for Australia and together with New Zealand, with your Anzac soldiers, your diggers, as you call them. Um, the, uh, the main focus has always been on, on the major battles of Gallipoli, uh, which was really a defeat, a uh, horrendous uh, price in bloodshed, and, uh, and, and the great battles on the Western Front. But even in the words of your wonderful General Monash, who even as he landed at Gallipoli, 
uh, he expressed, as a Jewish man, he expressed the belief that the war, the Great War, would ultimately lead to the liberation of the land of Israel. And that's exactly what happened. Next year, 2017, uh, marks the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Beersheba, the 31st of October, uh, 1917. Uh, The the penetration of the Islamic forces in Palestine at Beersheba in the Negev Desert after the the forces of of the British Empire made their way up to the Sinai uh, arriving uh, after a couple of defeats in an effort to to break through at Gaza, uh, arriving to Beersheba, and this incredible honour falling to uh, the New Zealanders and the Australians to actually take the city. Now, uh, Stan, battle, next you, year, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. 2017, uh, we've been talking a little bit uh, with a number of guests talking about this 100th anniversary of the Battle of Beersheba and the charge of the 800 light horsemen that secured that victory. And we're now less than 12 months away from that centenary of that celebration. That is one of the things that are happening next year. And I just want to just clarify something. I'm just reflecting on a conversation I had just the other day uh, with another commentator when it comes to these issues uh, to do with Israel. And when we talk about Israel becoming a nation back in 1948, and uh, we're talking uh, about some of the events in the lead-up to that that have their centenaries next year, 2017. But just the significance of that event. And Stan, when you talk about uh, these issues that happen in the last days uh, that we look at from biblical prophecy, uh, that these things are not just a sideline issue in the history of the world, but these are, in the words of uh, uh, Perry Trotter, who I was talking to last week, he was saying these things, this is a colossal uh, uh, issue, this uh, reinstatement of a nation, and uh, something that could never have happened apart from the hand of God being upon it. Uh, this is why this is so important, Stan. It's a colossal thing that goes right through uh, from the prophecies for the Old Testament into uh, the New and uh, to our present day. That's how significant uh, these things are. And next year is so significant because it's a centenary of many of these events that lead up to them. That's right. I mean, from, again, the biblical point of view, it's it's the past and into the present, the Old Testament into the New Testament. And, of course, both those books together, the Bible, also look to the future. And the future is the ultimate fulfillment and manifestation of what Jesus came to teach and came to prepare us for, the coming of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. All of this is leading up to the coming of the king. The, the battle at Beersheba and the other events that, ha- that happen uh, that are going to be commemorated next year all tie in biblically to this restoration to the land. I'll just quickly list the, the, the uh, anniversaries that will take place in 2017. It's going to be the 500th anniversary on the very same day, by the way, the 31st of October, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, where the Bible, which had been chained to the pulpit and closed and locked to the general public, was made available in the vernacular in everybody's language to read. And the Bible is primarily and centrally all about Israel. It is going to be the 100th anniversary, yes, of the liberation of Beersheba, which preceded the liberation of Jerusalem just two months later, and the entire land uh, laid uh, prepared for Jewish settlement and ultimately the recreation of Israel in 1948. On that same day as well, it'll be the 100th anniversary of the issuing of the Balfour Declaration, 
which is British, British, uh, Britain's promise to the Jewish people that the, the, uh, the government of Britain would oversee and support the idea of the creation of a national home for the Jews. It's going to be the 75th anniversary, uh, 70th anniversary excuse me, of the General Assembly Resolution of the United Nations uh, to partition Palestine uh, so the Jews could have a homeland. And it's going to be the 50th anniversary of the liberation of Judea and Samaria and the return to Jerusalem of the Jewish people in the Six-Day War. All these events are lined up to take place in the coming year. And as the mayor of Beersheba has said uh, in my hearing at the um, anniversary in Beersheba just a couple of years ago, if it was not for Australia and New Zealand, as he put it, there would be no Israel today. So the link in with your country is very strong. And yes, colossal is the best word to use, I guess, because I mean, we're talking about the preparation for the coming of the King of Kings. Now, one of the things that will mark next year, too, is the first ever visit to Australia of a sitting Israeli Prime Minister. Benjamin Netanyahu is coming to Australia next year. That's right. He was invited by Foreign Minister Julie Bishop on September the 4th this year. He accepted on camera very graciously um, the invitation and uh, confirmed it just uh, 10 days ago, confirmed it to his cabinet that he will be traveling to Australia, becoming, as you say, the first sitting Israeli prime minister to visit your country ever. Okay. Now, all of these anniversaries happening in the one year, 2017, there are, petite, uh, there are critics, uh, and I, I imagine that you can align some of these uh, criticisms, Stan, uh, with uh, what might be a rising anti-Semitism around the world, because... Uh, because it's almost as though uh, the fact that Israel was reinstated as a nation back in 1948, it couldn't have been orchestrated by uh, any human. There was no plan that would orchestrate all of the events that led up to that reinstatement of that nation. Uh, but there is a sense in which the critics will say, well, uh, well, Australians didn't know what they were doing. Uh, they didn't know that uh, there would be some sort of major uh, influence that would happen with the charge on Beersheba, the liberation of Jerusalem. The, the Aussies didn't know that these things were actually happening. So, uh, so th there is a sense in which uh, you can say, well, uh, we're commemorating these things of the Australian involvement, but, uh, but we didn't know what we were doing at the time. What are your thoughts? The little bit of um, understanding that I have of the history of your country, which I visited three times uh, just in the last year and a half or so, uh, is that back at the, um, at the beginning of the last century, Australia was very much more a Christian nation and less a secular nation than she is today. Uh, there were evangelical Bible colleges established in your country. I had a, I had a great-grandmother who was a girl from Adelaide uh, attending the, at the first very first uh, evangelical Bible college in the late 1800s. There was there was a strong Christian uh, component in Australia. I would I would go so far as to say, from what I've read from the uh, the words of the of the uh, of, of of the it's not the correct word the founders, but for those who, who, who the officials who officiated over Australia becoming a nation in the beginning of 1900, that uh, that Christianity was very much at the heart of of, of your country. And there were many Bible-believing people there. So even though it's not documented so far as I've seen yet, and I have hardly researched this uh, um, exhaustively, uh, I'm, I would find it very hard to believe that those uh, God-loving, God-fearing, um, Bible-believing Christians in Australia who were caught up in this great war 
uh, if they had an understanding of Scripture and of the purposes of God for the future and of the return of Jesus one day to the land of Israel, that they would have been disconnected from fully from the reality of what they were doing. I, 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 I grant you that most of the soldiers that were fighting in World War I probably weren't thinking about that aspect that they were fulfilling biblical prophecy. But inarguably, uh, for those of us who, who read the Bible today and then look back at what your nation has done, this is what God used you for. You know, Neil, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to know what God's needing you for, using you for, uh, that you have to be aware of it as a nation. The fact is he used Australia and New Zealand in an incredible way, and, and, and it, cost, it cost a lot of lives. Uh, and his purpose, ultimately, was to bring about the, the preparation of this land for the restoration of Israel and for the return of his son. So that's a fact. As a Bible believer, that's an, that's an irrefutable fact. He used Australia and New Zealand. And that was a blessing, a great blessing to the Jewish people. And by the way, for 100 years from that day to this, no other nation parallels Australia when it comes to being positive in its relationship with Israel and helping and blessing the Jewish people, both in the military arenas of World War One and World War Two and subsequent wars, and diplomatically, uh, and, and, and in, the, in the wonderful relationship that's strengthening today which is why the visit by Netanyahu, by Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, early sometime in the coming year, I think is going to be momentous in terms of the relationship between both countries, and I hope will really strengthen and deepen that relationship. Well, Stan, it's a good preview to what is ahead. There'll be no doubt opportunities to talk more deeply about some of these anniversary issues that are coming. And uh, just to recount, you mentioned uh, the visit of a sitting Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, planned to come to Australia early next year. Next year is the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Beersheba and uh, the charge of the 800 light horsemen. Of course, the 100th anniversary of the drafting of the Balfour Declaration. It's the 100th anniversary of the liberation of Jerusalem, in which the Anzacs played such a significant part. Uh, It's also, as you mentioned, uh, a whole lot of anniversaries in there. Uh, An anniversary there, a 75th anniversary of victory at El Alamein that prevented the Nazis from annihilating the Jews of Palestine. And, of course, you mentioned the 500th anniversary of the Reformation too and the connections there that are obviously a part of what God is doing in the bigger picture. Uh, Stan, great getting your insights, and no doubt we'll talk some more very soon and uh, perhaps through the year next year getting some insights into how these things affect the the Israel-Australia relationship. But let me point people to the website jerusalemwatchman.org. That's where you can read the writings of Stan Goodenough, jerusalemwatchman.org. Stan Goodenough, a long-time advocate for the nation of Israel. Stan, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us today here on 2020. Very good of you, Neil. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.